0: Music mm-hmm. Aloha, everyone. This is Ashley from Goldengoddesses.org, and welcome to the Thursday, January 24th edition of Threshold to Ascension Radio. It's an honor to be on air, sharing this time, sharing this space with you. I trust that all of you felt the powerful frequencies of last weekend's super blood wolf moon total lunar eclipse. A lot of recalibrating, releasing, realigning, and manifesting going on. Last week, my guest was the delightful Mary Rodwell. Counselor, hypnotherapist, ufologist, researcher, and author of an amazing book entitled The New Human, Awakening to Our Cosmic Heritage. It's always such a delight to spend time with Mary Rodwell as she shares the stories of the people that come to her for assistance, their powerful journeys of encounters, the wisdom of the star seed children being birthed on earth, who have conscious recollection of their lives off planet and another timeline. We had such great feedback from last week's show that I knew it was important to air tonight the additional after-the-show conversation that Marianne I had. She goes deeper into some of the topics and provides even more insights that I know you'll find fascinating. Before we get started, with the continuation of my interview with Mary. I invite you to join me in what is becoming a tradition at Threshold to Ascension Radio, which is for all of us to take some time and center in our heart to be in that stillness within. Let's just take a few minutes to co-create clearing of our energy And surround ourselves in a higher energy field. So if you're not driving, close your eyes and centering your heart. And set the intention to breathe in the divine light of source. And as you exhale at your own pace, just let go of any of the chaotic energy or duality dramas of the third dimension. Just breathe it out in your next in-breath, breathe once again in that divine light of source deep into your being. And when you breathe out, do so with the intention of releasing any hooks or cords or energies from others that you may have interacted with or taken on during the day. And this in-breath, again, breathe in the divine light of source. And this time when you breathe out, surround yourself in a golden orb of divine light as you claim your sovereign empowerment as the light being that you are, always have been, and always will be, even if you're just beginning to remember. Now from your heart, invite your I am presence to recalibrate this golden orb around you to the highest vibration of divine multidimensional light and consciousness available to you at this time. And know that it is so. And see, feel, imagine, know the energy spiraling out from our golden orbs of light throughout the space where I am, the space where Mary is, the phone lines and the computer lines, and the space where you, our listeners, are. And again, claiming your sovereign empowerment, command that only energies in alignment with divine light, divine love, divine truth our frequency compatible with this sacred space we've created. And all other energies are transported and transmuted in the healing light of Source. And so it is. Just take a few deep breaths and return to this new now moment. As sometimes happens with technology, especially when interviewing international guests via Zoom or Skype, there can at times be fluctuation in the sound quality, which I've done my best to correct. I know the information that Mary has to share will keep you enthralled, but I did want to let you know that there might be a few fluctuations. When we concluded last week's Threshold to Ascension radio show, we were talking about Mary's latest book, The New Human, and especially about the hybrid children. And of course, with a topic like that, there always is more to discuss. And that's where we pick up. Mary, welcome back to the continuation of the interview. What would you like to share with the audience? about the children interacting with their hybrid siblings or those children who know that they themselves are galactic human hybrids?
1: I think what we have to understand is that the children are very connected to their star families so that they already feel that sense of dual consciousness being human but also connected to whether the origin is something we know about like Orion or Taurus or whatever. Some of them are aware they come from other dimensions and they will talk about this as well. Um, but the, the important thing is with this and something I think very important to say is there is lots of, uh, concerns about what does that mean? You know, to us as a society, when people say, Oh, well, are these pirates um, and, they're going to take over the planet and we're, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I want to say to everyone, excuse me, everyone, we're all hybrids. <laughs> so get over it. We've, t- we've already taken over the planet. <laughs> so, you know, so that's number one. I think it's really important to put that because a lot of, as you said, fear mongering going on. If we are, um, each one, each generation is more aware or whatever. And we're part of the program. It isn't just just because these these children are coming in more aware and more tuned in doesn't mean they're a threat. it just means that we haven't yet joined them in that awakening yet that we have within us the potential to do exactly the same they They are already awake, many of them, whereas we're still going through that process because we're the older models we've been limited reality so for us it needs to be more gentle because we're being um if you like inspired to activate that part of ourselves but that also means that we've got to honor the fact that we haven't got a clue what reality is and so we've now got to extremes and and the reason i'm saying that is more and more people are coming to see me and they want to understand more of their mission Why they're here. What are, are these feelings they're experiencing? Because it can be very confronting, particularly if you've been brought up in a religious model that says, if you're connecting to this, they're probably demons. Or you've got someone else saying, well, am I going schizophrenic? And somebody else will be really frightened where they can tune into things and suddenly become, why is it that when I go, I can't take crowds anymore? Because It makes me feel terrible. Um, I feel overwhelmed. And others go into the fear place because they're empathic and they're tuning into what's going on on the planet more and more. And it's disturbing. Or they may have precognitive dreams that scare them and whatever. So coming to me saying, how do I manage this? Because on one level, yes, it's amazing to be more aware because I'm experiencing those things. So part of my work has been helping them with the understanding that this is a reality but how to manage those abilities that awareness so that they're not completely confronted by it or frightened by it or whatever to say look this is a normal part of who we are Mm. Um, the reason that you're frightened is because you've been programmed to be frightened of it (laughs) for goodness sake we've got a psychology that is A reality dysfunction. It's a psychology that says, unless you can touch it, feel it, see it, hear it, it ain't real. So you're fighting, you're going through this kind of reality schizophrenia simply because of the programming. Mm -hmm. We are multidimensional. And this is us opening up to that side of ourselves. And once we understand it and work with it, we'll find that it is invaluable to helping us understand who we are, why we're here, what it's all about. But we've got to start. Listening to it first and acknowledging it first, and understanding that many of these beings are telepathic in nature. They're communicating with you when you get these insights, when you get this sense of things, or you just have this knowing. It's all part of your multidimensional self that's giving you information. Stop being scared of it and listen to it. I think we need to celebrate it, celebrate it.
0: Because honestly, it's what gives me reassurance that even though it looks Completely insane out there in 3D land. The understanding that that has to happen for the old fear and control paradigms to shatter, and they have to shatter, it's not just going to slowly change. I truly believe there's going to be an accelerating momentum and wake up call that we all co create. When you look at these amazing children, these amazing souls, coming to the planet, to me, it's a blessing, a celebration, It's that yes, it has to be that influx of new frequencies, new intelligence, birthing on the planet, that we need to exponentially raise the collective frequency totally. And the more we individually remember who we are and raise our own vibration, the more we contribute. But celebrating this influx, this new wave of higher consciousness that's coming to the planet through these beings, I see it as a divine acceleration. When you truly take the time to interact with these young children who have such high frequency, and in many cases the knowledge that they shared with you, it's really fascinating. I remember a time at a trade show many years ago selling Joseph's natural health products of doing an experiment which I've continued for quite some time in interacting with these young ones especially even before they're truly verbal. What Joseph and I like to do is to have three different tests, if you will. The first is we open our hearts. But we keep our minds closed. And we send that love towards the toddlers or babies or young ones that are around us. And it's fascinating to watch as the energy, as they come in contact with them, their faces light up and they smile. But when they realize we've kept our minds blank, it's almost as if they go, Well, that's beautiful. They've got a beautiful heart. There's no one home. The second test, if you will is closing off both my heart and my mind. And usually the toddler or the infant will look at me kind of like, there is absolutely nobody home there. But the most fascinating one is when we open our hearts and we telepathically send messages to these children of welcoming them back to the planet. And what usually happens in those situations, 99% of the time, is they get this huge smile on their face. And they want to almost reach out to us as if they want to come into our arms, or as their mom is pushing them away in their pram, they're they're looking back behind them. It's like someone hears me, someone sees me. It's so fascinating, and I encourage our listeners to play with that interaction with an honest, open heart. I was talking about an experience we had at this trade show. Joseph was off investigating the other booths. I was in the booth. We had a corner booth, and the mom had left her little girl on one side of the booth. In her pram, she was very safe. She was about nine, ten months old, and the mom had been walking around to the front of the booth. And I was facing the mom. The little one was on my right. And as the mom was browsing through what the information we had at the booth, I telepathically sent my message to this young girl. Remember, she's only nine months old. And my message was from my heart with the telepathic thought, thank you master. Thank you for coming to the planet. We're so grateful that you've brought your consciousness here. Although I can't telepathically always receive your messages, know that your frequency is recognized and that we are again grateful that you've come to the planet. The little girl had her eyes locked onto mine. And when I finished that telepathic transmission, I actually found myself going backwards almost 40 degrees to a way I couldn't possibly have done that on my own and stayed on my feet. And after the shock, I telepathically said to the little girl, did you do that? And she winked at me not both eyes blinking, one eye winking, this nine-month-old. Her mother then asked me a question, which I answered, but I was intrigued by the frequency coming off of this being in this small female body. And as I'm looking at her, I'm actually thinking, did you really do that? And so, of course, what happens? I get sent back even further, about 45 degrees, which I know sounds impossible, and I couldn't believe it. I didn't fall over because then gently she set me back upright, and of course I asked her was that really you telepathically and she winked again and I looked at the mom and I said you've got your hands full with this one and she said don't I know it there's one other experience I'd like to share with you is with my grandson Oliver Oliver is now three years old but when he was about one and a half his mom had bought some material different styles and patterns some paisley some czech some plain but she had picked up a remnant of fabric that almost looked papyrus like in its decorations with the hieroglyphs and the different god beings from ancient egypt and as she's sorting out the fabric and she happened to pick up the one with the egyptian motif. Little Oliver went crazy. Mom, mom, that's our home. That's our home, mommy. That's home. And Brittany said, that's, that's sweet, Ollie. And she went to put it away. And he went, No, no, mommy, mommy, remember, that's our home. And he was fascinated by this fabric from months on end. And it's something that she's going to ask him a little bit more questions about as he gets a little bit older. But I'm curious as to your suggestions for parents who may not want to influence or front load, if you will, their children in thinking of other lifetimes or their galactic connections. But what words of advice would you give to parents on their own path that want to support their children in remembering who they are?
1: I think it's a very good question and I get parents asking me how primarily what can they do to just help them knowing that they're different and knowing that it's a difficult planet in many ways for these new beings that are coming in. And I said the most important thing is to listen to them. Let them know you hear them. Let them know you honor the fact that this is a reality for them, what they're telling you or sharing with you. And the other thing more than anything else it's just to love them. because this, this is what they're going to get. This is what is going to nurture them more than anything, is that open-hearted love and unconditional concern that you have. Make sure you feed them sensibly. Right. <laughs> Make sure they get the right vitamins in it, because a lot of the ADHD use up a lot more of the vitamin Bs, for example, mm-hmm. and whatever. But so get them educated into liking and enjoying good food, organic if possible, if you can afford it, but getting them so that they can keep that integrity, so they can keep in balance, because it's often all these other things them sideways, all the things that are out there that are going on to to shut them down and limit things like technology right. and whatever, completely shut it out. Um, obviously, but you can limit these kinds of things. Encourage them to be in nature. Encourage them to connect. Because one of the things I have done with the children when I've had a chance to work with them is to get them to go out and hug the trees and talk to them and see what they feel. And they have lots of fun. Just, ah, and what did you pick up? Did Did you get any sense? Or to just honor that other side of themselves, you know, that sensing, that feeling. So what was your feeling about that? Did you get anything that, helped you with understanding so that they realize that their intuition, their sensing and knowing is all part of information that's valid and to continue to use it. And just because other people don't understand doesn't mean it's not valid. They just don't understand so that they be aware that there are people that don't get it, but that's okay.
0: Is the movement for homeschooling as strong in Australia as it is here in America?
1: We're noticing more and more that people want something different for their children, that the school system is not meeting their needs. Many of them have told me, and they use similar terms, school is a prison, or school is like a prison, that it, it doesn't teach anything of value to them. There is no sense of it being useful in any way other than to learn to add up and and to read and to write. Everything else doesn't make any sense because a lot of them are having information given to them from <laughs> where they go. So, like the Montessori, the alternative schools seem to do better. Steiner, for example, is one of them. But even then, there are limits to even the alternative schools, and that the parents that are awake are realizing that their child is getting everything they need within a home environment as long as the parents are understanding, because they will be involved in what they've come here to do. They will be drawn to where they need to go. All you need to do is provide the loving environment and the support. So yes, in answer to that, more and more parents are being dissatisfied with the whole school system. I've had educators contact me, as well as clinical psychologists that are working with children saying, how do we help the parents help the kids? Because they're already aware that there's something going on where they need to help them and support them, including many parents that are aware their kids are telepathic, that they the kids are going somewhere, that the kids are sensing different things around them, that seeing the beings, seeing orbs, being aware of healing energy, all these kinds of things. So at least if they're in the home environment, that can be honoured and supported. Whereas if they go the children are almost pressured by peer pressure to be so-called normal, these things. And I know that one particular story, and I'm, I'm sure it was Zach's story that was in The New Human, where he described that his family gave put him under enormous pressure when he was about 10 or 11 to be normal, that not to come out with this crazy imagination kind of stuff. And I remember him telling me, and it was heartbreaking to hear him tell me that He tried for a while to do just that and shut down. And he said he got so depressed that he was at the point of killing himself. And he said, I made a decision that if that's how I felt by being normal, I was going back to being myself because at least with that, I didn't want to end my life. Mm -hmm. So we really have to look very seriously that how much this pressure is on these children to be so-called normal because ultimately they end up giving up or going on drugs, alcohol.
0: Coming it down. Absolutely. I found Zach is an interesting story because a lot of the children that you've interviewed have come to you at a younger age and via their parents. But Zach actually did a little bit of research on his own and came to you through his own volition, in a unique way, that he discovered you. Would you mind sharing a little bit about how you and Zach connected up?
1: Well, what I've discovered is that I'm getting, independently often from the parents, that these teenagers, due to the internet, are, are sourcing their own resources and contacting me independently. And, I've actually said to some of them, you know, you've really got to tell your parents you're talking to me. It's really important you let them know. At least Two of the ones that I'm going to be talking about as new parts of my PowerPoint, one of them is this Spanish girl of 17 who knows she's a hybrid. She talks about her psychic gifts. She She even gives a message to the parents. She explains about where she's from, the beings, and draws the beings that she sees. In standing and communication with them. So the, the fascinating thing is the depth of conscious awareness they have of the beings they're interacting with, their mandate. I've got another one of a, a lovely young man from England who I'd given a talk in a spiritual group for his father and mother. And he was dead keen to climb in the car and come back with me to where I was <laughs> staying because he wanted to tell me about his time on the craft, the beings where he, you know, he visits the planets he's been to. He flies one of the craft and goes to different star systems. It all just came out. And he was so excited to be (laughs) able to tell me this is what's going on, drawing what he knows of, uh, you know, some of the drawings are amazing that they do, of the beings. They go into detail about their personalities, their psyche, their names, how much they know of their origins. And and when people say, well, how do you know they're just making this all up, why would they? Why would they bother? to tell this stranger right. all this credible detail because like, you know, it, it's not like I'm gonna give them loads of money or anything, you know? But the mere fact that someone's interested because this is their reality, for them is the motivation. And I, so I've got these wonderful little clips where they'll explain about their psychic abilities, explain about the different things they <sighs> see and whatever. Because what I've discovered actually more than anything it's very profound and powerful for people to see the individual you're talking about, to actually get a sense of them. And it's all very well me talking about it. Right. But if they're there, are like, this is how it is for me. This is exactly how it is. They can see for themselves how flowing with the detail and that their awareness. There's but no prompting. Isn't. There's no. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. It's something they've done for me to tell me some of their stories so I can share it. Because I believe there's millions like them out there that are seeking answers, seeking some understanding with what's going on for them. And the only way that we've got is to use the Internet in a way where we spread this information.
0: I think that was part of what was fascinating with Zachariah's story, because he knew that part of his mission was to help support other Starseed children that were here. And that was very dear to his heart. I'm wondering, as he's gotten older now, has that continued? And are you still in touch with him? I am
1: in touch. He's no longer in the U.S. And what he's doing now is creating new systems. There's another one where he's looking at various foods and what have you. So he's very active in a lot of really important things to help the planet. So he's doing it that way now. You know, when I hear him talking, he's like a a scientist. He just amazes me with what he comes out with, with some of the technologies he knows that he can access the information in. Because he did tell me, and I think I put it in the book, that his previous life was on Mars um, and there was a war there. Right. and But he used to build interstellar craft and that's how he knows how to do it because it's a memory. Right. Now, is Zach one of the ones that has dual consciousness? Well, he calls himself a hybrid. Right. Okay. Um, he actually is one of those that in the film, E.T. Contact it is Real by um, Caroline Corey, he speaks one of the languages on right. there a lot. Antonio, who's also in my book, and he's a young man from New Zealand who calls himself an Arcturian, and he's coming to create, if you like, habitats that are in harmony with the planet, is <laughs> part of his art.
0: And he's
1: in New Zealand? Yes, uh. yes. He's another one. He does a lot of artwork with the symbols and with the scripts and what have you as, as activations and what have you. The thing that's so compelling is how this isn't like this is a big deal. This right. is who they are. That is the compelling side of this. This, You know, this isn't a kid saying, oh, aren't I great? It's, it's that kind of energy I'm talking about, an integrity, an authenticity.
0: You mentioned once when we were talking that when you do your PowerPoint presentation and share some of these stories of these children who are so awake, that oftentimes it's almost a ripple effect of activations in the crowd. And I, the same thing happens when people read the book because, again, it kind of goes into that deep cellular memories and begins to awaken codings that are deep within our beings. So I think that's really important for people to understand about your work. And I just had an experience with that today, the activation. As I was preparing for this interview, reviewing my notes after having read your book, all of a sudden I get this text from my brother wanting to know if it's okay if my nephew contacts me. He wants to interview me. Now, my nephew is now in his early 20s. But he's actually going to college to become an insurance actuary. But I just thought it was fascinating how as I was contemplating the activation energy of your book. That I get this request out of the blue after having been doing this for many years. That my nephew wants to know more. And I know that that's probably something that happens to you a lot where people share their stories of how they're activated or people they know are activated through the book.
1: I think that, that for me, it, it's been so compelling that so many people that were coming from very 3D realities have had this almost overnight shift into that's no longer my reality, giving it all away. People say to me, well, what else can I do, you know, so that I can get there as well? And I'm just saying it's timing. For every single individual soul, it's your time is when, you know, when your soul has decided this is when you're going to be receptive to this and when you're going to be ready for it. So it isn't something you have to do. It just happens. So just chill.
0: Exactly. (laughs) We've talked about
1: this before, though.
0: I always say that I forgot to pull up the patience chip on the way down. (laughs) But before we get into some of your other work and CERN and Free, which I do want to touch on. But before we do, in the book, there are several different revelations from the children about the new Earth and the information they've been given from their galactic connection. And a couple children described it that we're in our third attempt to reach a vibration that will support the new earth, but we've been thwarted previously by the lower level energies, or I would say the negative alien agenda, if you will. The children have different interpretation, and often that can be because of different age groups as well. But I found it fascinating that Zach explained it as we're not going anywhere. Gaia's already at her destination. We're just moving space around us to get to her. Because she's in one position, and we're in another position that exists in the same space. And to me, that sounded just like a description of parallel dimensions or frequencies.
1: Yes. Interestingly, I got an email very recently from a mother with a seven-year-old who was saying he had a dream where he'd been on a new earth. It was a beautiful place. And there was a little girl there in his dream. And that he said, it was like a new earth. And he said, it was, it was really lovely. My understanding is the same as yourself is that the, from what that's saying is this Gaia in this heightened frequency is waiting for us as we reach the frequency so we can actually pass this new Gaia and, and in a way Dr. Lena Olson was explaining to me how she understands it as that we're separating out into two frequencies the low frequency people and the high frequency you may decide to stay in 3D so you'll stay in that you know low frequency which I see these almost this polarity being becoming more and more obvious this lifetime this is where now I want to go to, and that's where I want to be. But it isn't really a going. Right. It's really a, a frequency where everything will just shift for us, and we will, we're will we there. It is still there. That's about how I understand it or how I think Zach was explaining it to me. But the children have talked about the new earth, a lot of the new earth, but you get different, as you say, different explanations depending on age and how they articulate
0: I also found it quite fascinating that Kathy, the little nine-year-old who loved your big ears, had some pretty specific details about awakening and humanity's ascension. She stated that she was told that humanity needs 1.5% energy, and at the time of the telling, we're only at about 0.5%. She had some pretty specific points for a nine-year-old. Don't get angry about small things. Don't speak on the mobile phone for a long time. Don't eat white sugar. Don't watch TV. Don't use microwave. And don't use wireless internet. Again, some pretty specific facts of how to raise our frequency shared by a nine-year-old. It's not something that she's just going to make up out of the blue.
1: I think that's what's so compelling about the children and why I was determined to devote um, an important portion of the book to what the children were saying. Because it was, it's very crystal kind of pure information. They've not been, if you like, it's not been altered by, you know, the talk shows and the books they've read or the education. It's coming with a purity. and it's so compelling with the information. It's because of that. And why I think it's so important. I think it's amazing that a nine-year-old has that kind of information i mean if that doesn't convince you something's going on what do you need you know <laughs> have you um i know you don't watch
0: a lot of tv or i'm assuming there's a tv show on netflix <laughs> called travelers yes are you familiar with it yes <laughs> Well, it, it kind of sums it up because the youngest man of the main five team who's still an adult is like what a high school student or college student the being that's come from the future to embody this young youngest of the troop is the eldest of the wise ones that have come back. And that kind of is a, is a dramatic television kind of explanation of what a lot of this is happening. You don't judge the wisdom by the chronology, especially where we
1: are in our ascension path. Absolutely. We have to be aware that these are young avatars. You know, when, when a child is saying to his mom, I deal with the element of the wind and, and communicating with the wind, also communicating, one little six-year-old was communicating with a meteorite and explaining that he got the understanding of the meteorite all in his head. So, you know, others that are communicating with crystals. Right. This is the awareness that we're talking about here. For me, there's nothing more compelling than that kind of information from a young child. That's, that's having deep awareness of their connection to everything. Oh, it's so I, fascinating. And your book is such a beautiful compilation of that wisdom that's coming through these young avatars. So, again, I encourage anyone who hasn't read it yet to get a copy of the book. The reason I put the book together was more than anything because I wanted the parent children, because so many of them out there, don't understand when a child articulates something like this it actually has meaning it isn't just a fanciful kind of thing it is there for you to start learning and growing and on what we we're tasked to do more than anything is to understand they've come in with this awareness let's protect that awareness by providing an environment which is honoring and respectful because ultimately they're our future and for me, that's the big one is that I want our kids and our grandkids to have a future. And the only way is if we as the guardians of them, at least in the material realm, as parents, make sure they eat properly, they sleep, they're supported, they're loved, and we give them the best that we can possibly give them. Absolutely. It's so important.
0: And your book just brings it all together. And it's, to me, it's very uplifting and activating and, and such a high frequency with the information in there. So, I know this has been your focus for a while, but you're still continuing your other passions and your other works with your happy and HealthLing. Have you noticed any change as the frequency has been shifting? If the people that are coming to you for one on one sessions, whether in person or on Skype, and if so, how would you summarize that or describe that?
1: All I can say is that a lot of those coming to me now are a lot more aware in many cases, a lot more intuitive, a lot more, not only intuitive, some people would say more clairvoyant, clairaudient or whatever, a lot want to understand it, how to work with it. So I have two prongs to how I work is if they want to work via trance and hypnosis, where we work on that level, but for a lot of them, what they want to be more conscious of how they work multidimensionally. So that's what I offer them. They've got a choice. Do you want to go this way or do you want to go this way? But certainly, a lot want to know their mission, want to know, is there anything else they can do? They want to understand their interactions with the beings. What does this mean? What else can they do to be part of? So that it's very much more spiritual in most cases, rather than, you know, what I would call a standard kind of, um, what it was like initially is, is this real? Right. There's a sense of, yeah, I think it is real. <laughs> um, but I want to know why. I want to know why they're visiting me. One of the problems that I've had with the paradigm of ecology is that it's not given any answers, but you've got to ask the right questions. And the only way you do that is take the base so they can access that information. And that is how you get the understanding, not by the how big the craft is, you know, how many beings you're seeing or whatever. And you know how many people witnessed it, and if you've got marks on your body, that is not going to give you any answers. You know,
0: it may open what's... a doorway to being open to more information. I think we're on the same page with this. and I don't want to beat a dead horse about disclosure. But I have to laugh when I exhibit at these UFO conferences and that topic of disclosure. The government has to disclose, and when people come out of these talks and they're so pumped up about demanding. Disclosure and I just take a deep breath and I look at them, and with an open heart, I say, That's great. So tell me what will change in your life when disclosure happens? What will be different for you? And usually they can't really answer me. And then I say, Wouldn't it be better for you to go on your own journey of disclosure? Because do you truly believe a government that has lied to us and governments around the world lying to their constituents? Do you truly believe that if the government did quote unquote disclose contact with galactic beings, that they wouldn't have a hidden agenda, more money for defense, another enemy for us to be afraid of? So why give your power away waiting? for some government body to disclose something that majority of us know is true in our hearts. And they look at me and usually they walk away because unfortunately many aren't ready yet to stand in their own power and to claim sovereignty over their own thoughts and experience. And the beauty of your work is helping people embody their experiences, to truly open to knowing who they are, remembering who they are, remembering their galactic heritage. And I think that's so important.
1: You're absolutely spot on. And the disclosure, as far as I'm concerned, is every single person that stands up and says, this is my reality. I'm one of them. I've come here to do a job and I see them and I know them and they're part of the family, guys get over it. If, you know, just get over it because it's time to be authentic. Stand up and say, this is real. This is me. This is what this is all about. That's disclosure. That is when we're going to change the system. Absolutely.
0: And I don't know, I must have been eight or nine or 10 years old when they kept being drummed into me that there couldn't be life on other planets because there was no water. And the eight-year-old me went, who are we kidding? Who knows or assumes that all intelligent life or all life requires water? I knew within my heart that that wasn't true. you know it's one of the mind control programmings to keep people small, and truly, I can't understand how anyone can think and as vast as our multiverse is, that there can't be other intelligent life, but there are some individuals who are Choosing, if you will, to wake up a little bit slower than some of the rest of us and bless them. But as you talked about, you know, it's that internal disclosure and the organizations you're heavily involved with, with, Free and ACERN, are doing so much to document experiences and to have a scientific basis. What would you like the listeners to know about those two organizations?
1: It's absolutely vital now that we go into the human experience part of this because up to now, the nuts and bolts of ufology has only really told us it's real because we see the craft and people have taken pictures of it. It's given us no answers. What FREE is doing through its surveys, and there's 600 in-depth surveys, 4,000 individuals, we're saying to people, what is your experience? How do you understand it? What does it mean to you? All conscious recall. And what it's done is give us a picture that is completely different to what is out in mainstream, sensationalized, scary alien stuff. What we've discovered, and we have been amazed by, that many types of beings, the healing on 50% are healed through their 80 contact. 50% of that 4,000 have healing, for example. And education, downloads of information. But the ultimate outcome, which will really challenge mainstream ufology, is psycho-spiritual transformation. 85% had psycho-spiritual transformation. That is the outcome for all these 85% of people. What is that telling you? (laughs) What is that telling you? Wake up, Paul, that shift. Absolutely. It's vital. It is so
0: vital. And so for people who might not be aware, can you let them know what the acronym of the organization FREE stands for?
1: That's the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Experience. So what we're looking at is this in terms of consciousness and finding the scientific model that will help us to understand it, which is the quantum hologram. So it's a scientific organization. Mm. This is academic research. And so within it, we're going to break into mainstream and say, hold on a minute now, dismiss this. Dismiss four to 5,000 individuals having these experiences and the research that we've gained. Because through that and through the scientific side, we're able to, start playing the game with mainstream and saying you can't dismiss this anymore and that is the what i think is profound because no other organisation up to date has ever done anything like this ever globally which okay. is you know five countries so many languages etc cetera, etc cetera. you can't turn your back on that and say it's rubbish and this has to happen because 75% of the experiences is non physical right Right. Non-physical. Absolutely. Only 25% is the physical realm. 75% out-of-body experiences. You know, all these consciousness shifts that we have um, from near death, shamanic experiences, kundalini away, all these all end up interacting with these beings. It doesn't just have to be seeing a UFO. You can have a profound experience where... You may do spiritual practices where you start interacting with these beings. It doesn't have to be one way. It just means that your frequency has shifted sufficiently for you to interact with these realms. And that's where you'll see them, along with angels and fairies, spirits, orbs. It's all in the mix. Yeah. It's all in the matrix. It's not this or that. There's no boundaries. It's all part of consciousness.
0: Beautiful. Well said. In the description, as I post this to YouTube and on BBS Radio, I'm going to include the links to your website and to Free and to ACERN so that people have the opportunity to explore. It's so important the information you share, not only for those who feel maybe they don't have anyone to talk to about their experiences, but also for those that are just beginning to wake up. In your travels, and I know you travel and speak internationally. Are
1: the stories pretty common from one country to the next? Does anything stick out for you that was a little bit unique? Well, to be honest, what is interesting is even with my more bizarre stuff that people, that some struggle with, you know, all the more high strangeness, I'm hearing from China, I'm hearing from South America. What I'm seeing is the patterns are there right across the globe you know, the reason they contact me because nobody else maybe is putting out and they're saying, but this is happening in China where someone's doing the strange writing or the drawings (laughs) or whatever. And someone else said, I can't talk to the people here because they don't get it, but you're talking about this. So if anything, what I'm putting out, which is certainly, um, more of left field around all of this, more and more people are relating to that and the high strangeness than the, they are the standard ones. And that has been quite interesting.
0: It's amazing how the universe connects us with people that either we have something to give or we have something to receive from them. And That's one of the things I love about you is your heart, the amazing work that you do, how how much you share your knowledge and your wisdom. So I want to thank you for that, Mary.
1: Oh, thank you, Ashley. And I want to say thank you because without individuals like you that are putting it out there in all your energy that you put in to educate, to share this, is why people change because they get confirmation, they get validity to what they're experiencing. So it's absolutely, we're all doing, we're all on the same team. Exactly. i on the same mission. <laughs> well, it's been such an honor. We could talk
0: for hours, but I do know that you've got, you know, your, your day planned and I want to honor that. So Thank you so much, Mary, from my heart to yours, to all the listeners. Please look at Mary's website. Go to free, go to a go to maryridewell.com.au, and perhaps they'll see you in contact in the desert, or I may see if we can come down to Laughlin. That might work for us, but it's such an honor, Mary. Thank you very much.
1: Blessings to you and thank you for everything you're doing as well. Thank you.